The Old Pre-Meds Podcast, session number 186. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. My name, if you don't know, is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I am thankful for you being here today, taking some time out of your day to listen to our pretty short podcast episode today, all about a student switching her or his journey from PharmD to MD, or at this point, PharmD to pre-med. So we have a great question from our student, and it starts like this. Hi, everyone. So glad to have found this site. And I have been listening to a lot of the podcasts lately, which has been quite informative, but none has really been able to set me on the course to a competitive chance. My situation is unique. Now, let me pause there. Every student thinks their situation is unique, and they're typically not. So I'm excited to see if the students really is. In that, I have a Bachelor's of Science, a biochem degree with a cumulative GPA of 353 and a science GPA of 362, which is great. From 2008, so a little bit older, went on to complete a PharmD with a GPA of 3.14 in 2012. I've been working in community practice ever since. At age 32, I've come to realize my desire to make a greater impact on humanity through the field of medicine. I have a family who are supportive of my dreams but I hate to disappoint them by making the wrong choices towards my pursuit. I believe this platform has guided people towards a path of success and hoping I can gain some insights as well. Here are my questions and concerns. Number one, would I need to do some more volunteering? I love tutoring, even though I did some tutoring during my undergrad days. What is more ideal for me as a candidate, volunteering and or shadowing? I have secured a shadowing. I have secured shadowing with a psychiatrist. I may be able to also do hospice volunteering. So let me, I'll, I'll answer question by question. I think shadowing is definitely important. Volunteering isn't particular, particularly important depending on your time commitments. So if you are a mom or a dad and you have family, and you you don't have time to do it all, then guess what gets cut out? Typically, volunteering is one of the first things that, cut, that get cut out. And as an admissions committee reviews your application, they're going to see who you are and what your time commitments are. So I wouldn't really be super concerned about trying to do it all, but I think shadowing is important. Number two, is my community pharmacy practice sufficient as clinical experience? As far as research is concerned, I did some independent research in the lab during undergrad 2007-2008 with no publication. I worked in a pharmaceutical company as a research associate for one year before pharmacy school. How sufficient are these even though it has been over 10 years? I think they're plenty sufficient from a research perspective. Now, the question as to whether or not community pharmacy practice is sufficient as clinical experience... Let's talk about what you're doing in your practice. This is a very common response to 
is this clinical experience? I don't know. What are you doing? It's all about what you are doing and not necessarily the title. So if you have a clinical pharmacy practice, right, a community pharmacy practice rather, and you have a, let's say a hypertension clinic where you are doing blood pressures and adjusting blood pressure medication in your practice, that is 1000 million percent clinical experience. If you are not doing any sort of clinical interaction with the patient and you're just standing in a uh, in a retail pharmacy and you're um, talking to the patients and filling out or filling bottles and doing all that kind of fun stuff, then it's a little less clinical. I would say um, I, I would say as, as the pharmacist, right, it's potentially a little bit different than just a pharmacy tech, which I, I, I personally don't count as clinical experience. I think as the pharmacist, there's a little bit more interaction, a more, more deeper discussion with the patients about what's going on. And so I potentially would go for it. I would also try to do some hospice volunteering as well. And the third question here, the MCAT has been my biggest concern thus far. I have bought the TBR and tried to read up on some of the courses, but I'm having difficulty grasping chemistry and physics. Most of my core prereqs were completed in 2006, which makes it difficult to recall concepts and work around mathematical formulae. Do I continue to relearn by combining TBR with EK and KA, or should I retake all my prereqs first? A do-it-yourself postback. Would an online prep course, Princeton, Kaplan, Test Prep, uh, Next Step, etc., be adequate? I want to apply in 2020, but not sure which way to approach the MCAT. So let's just uh, talk about some of these abbreviations first. So TBR, right, is well, I don't know what TBR is. Uh, TBR MCAT. I'm I'm Googling as we're going. Oh, Berkeley Review. Yes, very common there. All right. Uh, so we got Berkeley Review. We have um, we have EK, right? Exam crackers and KA. I'm assuming that's Kaplan. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, so that is interesting. Um, again, I'm just Googling away. Oh, Khan Academy. Duh. Anyway, um, I'm. I'm very good with abbreviations here. Uh, so if you are saying that you are having trouble grasping chemistry and physics, those are very important parts of the MCAT. Uh, can you relearn them through a course? You can. Uh, if you want to do a course, I would recommend recommend Next Step. Uh, I think everyone knows that I recommend their course. Um, if you go to mcatcoursereview.com, that's a video that I did about their course. Um, it's the best value out of all of them. And you can save, I think, $50 using the promo code MSHQ as well. Um, so I, I think potentially there's, there's a few different ways to look at this. You can go ahead and sign up for a course right now, take the MCAT in March or April of next year, and, and go for it. You could potentially take a course right now and take chemistry or and take physics, depending on where you're at. If it is concepts and working around mathematical formulae, typically that's just, you just need to relearn that quickly. You don't need a full course 
to do that again. So can I do I do I think you can handle it without the prereqs? I do. Um, uh, obviously, you did well in your science courses early on. You went and you got your PharmD and obviously did well there. You've been out practicing as a professional. So you are obviously smart enough. I have faith that you potentially could could kind of grin and bear it through this MCAT journey without going and retaking your courses, which are going to delay your uh, delay your application. Um, yeah, so Texas resident, prereqs don't expire, which is great. Other than that, I think you are on your way to to having a bigger impact in this medical world. So welcome to the fun and hopefully we got your questions answered. I hope you got some great information out of this podcast as well. If you have a question you want answered here on the podcast, please don't use abbreviations that I might not know, or maybe I'm just sleep deprived because I have a 10 month old, but either way, you can go and ask your question over at the non-traditional pre-med forum at premedforums.com. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the old pre-meds podcast. This is MedEd Media.